Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. Hey neighbors, this week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll feature Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer and Rob Griffiths, who actually works for a software company, but continues to write for Macworld. At one point, ran OSXHints.com, which is basically pretty much gone. Anyway, let's move on with Brian. So this is going to be the last time we talk for 2014, a belated Happy Thanksgiving, Happy Christmas, Holidays, Merry Christmas, Merry New Year, Happy New Year, and all that stuff. Happy Hanukkah to you too, sir. Thank you. Thank you. So let's move on with a few things here that you raise as possible talking points. And you said, had I any comments to make about steampunk? (laughs) And I said, all right, steam who? Okay, fair enough. I I actually, I, I I showed it. Okay. This stuff is my current obsession, and I was I was really just trying to um, show it to you because I, I like to share my obsessions. We have to talk to you about that. There, I understand there's a drug for that. There probably is, and I should probably find out about it. But uh, steampunk is uh, it's it's a literary movement. It's a uh, fashion costume movement. It's there's art uh, out there. There have been steampunk movies. The first steam. Hold it. Stop. Yes. Okay. Let's put a break on this now. Steampunk movies? Yes. Okay. Okay. So w- w- the book that in in hindsight is credited for starting the steampunk movement is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So therefore, this is a Jules Verne problem. Uh, kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Um, the first steampunk TV show was the Wild Wild West in the 60s. Oh, yeah, that was one of my favorites. The movie was perfectly awful. The movie wasn't so good. Well, uh, yeah, I actually like Will Smith in that movie, but the movie itself was horrible. Will Smith is almost good in anything. It's he's true. Done, he's done some bad movies, but he was good. And of course, it wasn't called Steampunk in Jules Verne's day, and it wasn't called Steampunk in the, in the, when the Wild Wild West was on the air in the late 60s. It, that name came about when... Um, when some steampunk books came out and people were applying the cyberpunk literary genre, they, they sort of riffed off that and called it steampunk instead of cyberpunk because it, her- it, it harkens back to the age of steam. When, when we got most of our power from steam and everything was mechanical and, and uh, you know, things were moved by gears and, and uh, if there was a calculating machine, it was done with gears. The idea is like, what if, steam technology had gone much further than it did. And we could actually do some of the things that we do today with our digital powers and our electricity powers. And so it's, you know, you got to kind of suspend your disbelief and, uh, and uh, allow a little bit of a magic magic to be applied, but. Okay. Well, I understand here. The other radio show we do is called the Powercast. Mm -hmm. So I know about the potential of having to suspend one's disbelief, but mm-hmm. we maintain a lot of the stuff we present as factual, but I get your point. And the reason why I brought this up with you is because there's this guy named Derek Culligan who has a shop on Etsy called Steam Workshop, and he makes these these USB drives 
he puts these USB drives in these housings that are that are designed and ornamented to 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 look like it could have come from the from the Victorian era, and you know they they light up with LEDs. Uh, some of them are motorized when you plug it in. There there are gears and stuff inside a uh, inside a tube that you can see through glass, and the gears turn, and it's all all for a USB drive, and it's just it's functional. And uh, and that's my excuse for talking about it is because these USB drives can be used by modern technology guys and gals and women and men. Wasn't there a Western featuring aliens, cowboys and aliens? That's something that kind of fits in your theory here. Well, uh, yeah, Cowboys and Aliens was what would happen if uh, aliens landed on Earth during the uh, during the, the cowboy era. And they There's had no- Olivia Wilde there undraped. <laughs> Yes, yes, they did. Yes, they did. I like that movie. It stars Daniel Craig as well as Olivia Wilde and Harrison Ford's in it. That's a fun movie. And Harrison Ford right now has basically done nothing in terms of movies in recent years after a failed attempt to bring back Indiana Jones. And now, of course, he's in that new Star Wars movie. Hey, man, the the Crystal Skull was a great movie. Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull? I liked it. It was kind of gross. The one I liked was the Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade with Sean Connery because they played so beautifully against each other in the movie. Yeah, yeah, that was good, too. I thought that was really good. That was one of these buddy movies. The thing about the Crystal Skull that you have to understand, at least that's important to me, is that Steven Spielberg was using a new model for that movie, and that model was the 1950s serial. And crystal skulls were the were the the paranormal talk of the 1950s. So the, when you put the subject in context, to me, it, it makes the the movie a lot more enjoyable. I think a lot of people were were upset because it wasn't about Nazis and, and it wasn't quite the same kind of movie as the earlier ones. But it wasn't supposed to be. It was supposed to be a product of its time. You know, Harrison Ford had gotten older. They needed to set it in the later era. The one the one he did with Sean Connery was the third movie. That was the third movie. Crystal Skull was the fourth. Okay. All right. That's the one with uh, Shia LaBeouf or something like that, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where he is Indiana Jones' son. Yes. Okay. All right. And now if they bring him back again, he'll be in the wheelchair. It'll be called (laughs) Indiana Jones 5, The Geriatric Years. Well, you know, um, uh, Steven Spielberg was convinced that Shia LaBeouf or Shia LaBeouf, LaBeouf was going to be whatever his name is, because nobody has a name like that and wants it to be pronounced correctly. That's true. But Steven Spielberg was convinced he was the next Tom Hanks. And um, uh, I think those plans may have been derailed. The next Tom Hanks, they really don't know Tom Hanks. Speaking, by the way, of names you can't pronounce from their spelling. Mm-hmm. There's a TV show called Forever. It's about a doctor who has been alive for 200 years. And every time he dies, he winds up naked in the East River or Hudson River or something in Manhattan. And he's played by a British actor, Welsh, who also played Reed Richards in two Fantastic Four movies. And his name is pronounced Yoan Griffith. But if you look at the way it's spelled, and he spells it in the original Welsh, there's no way to figure that out. Hmm. You've heard of him, right? Uh, n- not 
by no not that i know you remember the movies the fantastic four yes and you remember reed richards the guy who becomes a plastic man you know his hands yes. stretch that's yoan griffith Oh, I see. All right. Good to know. Okay. No, he's great. He really carries the movie. He's got a wonderful personality. He carries the movie. And the other person who plays a police detective, she was one of the many assistant DAs on Law & Order in the final years. All right. Let's get away from Steam whoever. <laughs> I don't know why we did this. You know, we're doing a technology show and we're thinking about high technology back in the 19th century. Exactly. And that's fun. You know, if it, you deal with Wild Wild West, I think that was fun. Listen, Cowboys if you and go aliens, check out Steam so. Workshop on the on Etsy, uh, everybody that I have showed this to has been equally awesomeified. So go check it out. I will now because I'm looking at the comparisons, and they're fascinating. All right, and there are, as you say, a number of stories and pictures that do that. Maybe the first. Earth to the moon. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah, from Earth to the moon. Yeah, that would be a steampunk. That would, today, that would be considered a steampunk story. The time sure. machine. The time machine would be a steampunk story, too. It, again, not at the time, but, you know, basically the time machine, the uh, trip to the moon, uh, the 20,000 leagues under the sea, those all informed what we consider steampunk today. That's how to think about it. Everything old is new again. Brian mm-hmm. Chaffin is not that old. He's from the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. This is the Tech Night Out Live. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Gold. It's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-2237 for the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As Good As Gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. 
Time waits for no one. That's why you should hurry to not miss the Freeze Dry Guy's end of year case lot sale. Go to freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663 to receive 20 to 25% off Mountain House Freeze Dry Foods. Mountain House, the gold standard in long-term storage products, include real freeze-dried meats, entrees, eggs, fruits, and vegetables. Yes, 20 to 25% off now. Also receive 30% off other selected Mountain House foods and receive 30% off selected Packaway brand dehydrated foods. Just call 866-404-3663 and ask for the freeze-dry guy. Plus, long-range patrol ration eggs and ham at superb discounts. But these are extremely hard to find and nearly gone, so call today. Ask about our LRP ice cream bars, too. Some items limited to stock on hand. And remember, the freeze-dry guy pays for shipping to your door within the lower 48 states. Order now. Don't miss out on the freeze-dry guy's end-of-year case lot sale. Call 866-404-3663 or visit freezedryguy.com. The polar vortex is here and expected to freeze over part of the U.S. Help is needed. Resources are often drained by people capable of caring for themselves, leaving those with the greatest needs to go without. Do your part by being prepared this winter. A supply of Go Foods will provide delicious nutrition, comfort, and security during hard times. Protect your community and call Go Foods at 1-800-648-9753 or on the web at www.storefoodnow.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. This is the Tech Night Owl Live. I want to tell you about our premium service. It's growing by leaps, bounds, and otherwise. You go to plus.technightowl.com. Let me spell it out. P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com. Check it out. Sign up for a monthly or annual subscription. For the month, it's like the cost of a Frappuccino. For the year, it's less than what you pay for a month of your internet service. And you get an ad-free version, higher-resolution version of the Tech Night Now Live, of course, there is a cost. Isn't that nice? Yes. There's a cost in killing 41 minutes of ads from a show, and you pay a modest fee. Okay, that's how it works at plus.technightnow.com. All right, let's move from steampunking things, or, or steam fern, or whatever the heck it's called, and now let's move to something that might make you steam. And that is, apparently here... There's some kind of discussion or disagreements between Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook. Mark, of course, is head of a service that monetizes itself with ads. Monetizes us with ads. Yeah, it monetizes itself with ads, targeted ads, just like Google does. Whereas Apple monetizes itself selling you products and services and then giving you a pretty decent level of security. So right now, apparently, there is 
some debate over the attitude that Mr. Zuckerberg takes. And we gather your colleague, John Martellero, who was on the show last week. He thinks Facebook CEO Zuckerberg needs to rethink his philosophy towards customers, consider his priorities. You take a different view? Well, it's not that I, t- I had a different perspective. I had a different reaction to the piece. You know, Mr. Martellaro, is, uh, he is a consummate gentleman. He may be the consummate gentleman. And, See, I'm uh, a consummate something. I haven't figured out what. Well, when you figure it out, let us know. I'll write but, a book over it. It's going to be a tell-all book. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, so, John being, John Martellaro being such a gentleman, you know, he, he, he usually takes the high road. When I read through this interview by Mr. Zuckerberg and I got to his comments um, about Tim Cook, my reaction was, dude, you're just wrong. Should I actually describe the comments? Please. All right. So, the, the piece was written by Lev Grossman. Uh, old school journalist. He's a fantastic writer. He's a great journalist. He's, he's the real deal. He asked Mark Zuckerberg about, about uh, comments from Tim Cook, for specifically the comment from Tim Cook in an open letter where Tim uh, was quoted as saying, when an online service is free, you're not the customer, you're the product. Now, this is something that Apple has kind of hit on several times. And it's, it's um, the company slowly starting to use the reality that it protects our privacy when other companies do not as a competitive advantage. And so this idea, if, you're, if an online service is free, you're not the customer, you're the product, that strikes at the heart of what Google, Facebook, and other companies do with our information, which is to take these massive profiles they develop and they compile over with everything we do and they slice and dice them um, and sell them to the high, sell us to the highest bidder. Apple, on the other hand, doesn't do that. Apple actually sells a physical product, and rather than trying to monetize that by you know using our data, the company instead charges a reasonable profit and uh, and and makes a direct profit from what it sells. Now, Lev Grossman put it, and I think this is such a brilliant line. I'm going to quote a fellow journalist. He said, "The shot, meaning Tim Cook's comment." That shot was probably meant for Google, but Facebook was definitely in the blast radius. It's a genius line. And here's what Mr. Zuckerberg said in response to that. Quote, a frustration I have is that a lot of people increasingly seem to equate an advertising business model with somehow being out of alignment with your customers. I think it's the most ridiculous concept. What, you think because you're paying Apple that you're somehow in alignment with them? If you were in alignment with them, then they'd make their products a lot cheaper. Exclamation point. End quote. And... I, it's hard to know if if he's just deliberately getting if he's trying to spin it and he knows that he's lying out of some part of his body or if he just truly doesn't get it because the entire point of what Apple is saying is we charge a price for our products that allows us to not sell you so this notion that if Apple was more in alignment with its customers interests that the products would be cheaper is just that is the most ridiculous concept and uh, it really disappointed me in Mark Zuckerberg that he, that he tried to take this angle. Well, it goes back to the same thing here again. And that is, what role does the user play in the product? In terms of Apple, you hand them a check, you give them your credit card number, you go to a dealer, you buy a product. And yes, there are certain controls over your experience, and some call that a walled garden. But what Apple is doing there is trying to make your experience as secure as possible. This goes back to another subject we'll get into in a few moments, the iPod trial, this antitrust trial, claiming that Apple deliberately prevented other people from 
having their music from other services on iPods for a number of years, the early years, and all that stuff, okay? So we'll get into that in a moment. Now, I don't see anything wrong with the company making a profit. Now, the other question, of course, is we know the margins that Apple has. You know, was it 36, 37%? 38 sometimes. Sometimes even 38, and that's pretty high for the industry. Mm -hmm. What are the margins reported by Google or Facebook? How much profit do they make for selling ads? Their margins are even higher. You know, Microsoft's margins are even higher, too. But there's kind of an apples and oranges comparison involved in that, uh, in that uh, Apple is selling hardware and these other companies are selling services and or software. So it's not there's not really a direct comparison, you know, to take the devil's advocate position. There is, uh, you know, here's what Google and Facebook do. They provide services. They don't charge us for those services. Instead, they show us ads, which, by the way, is essentially what you and I do. You know, the Mac Observer, we're ad supported. The Tech Night Owl is ad supported, unless, of course, you're going with this new premium service that you're announcing. Congratulations on that. Um, Thank you. I don't. It's not that I have a problem with advertising. What I have a problem with is the intrusive, ever intrusive, and ever more intrusive ways that Google and Facebook's mine our personal lives. You know, everything we look at online, they're tracking one way or another. Um, everything that we're downloading or looking or reading or, you know, I, I'm sh- I would imagine that Facebook uh, tracks how long we look at a particular post if, as, as much as they can through a browser. Um, you know, on and on and on. And they increasingly look at us as marks to to divvy up and profit off of as, as much as they can. And Facebook in particular constantly changes the rules. They constantly change their privacy policies. They constantly change what they're doing with their data. They ran experiments on hundreds of thousands of their users, which admittedly is a, is a tiny subset of their overall user base. They ran experiments to see if uh, if we could be made to be to, to make sadder posts by seeing sadder content. You know, let me tell you something here, something about what Facebook does, and I'll do a comparison between Google+. But first, we have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You're listening to GCN, proudly sponsored by UnseenNow.com. Lock down your digital life at UnseenNow.com. This is GCN. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. 
It's that time of year again, and you know what that means. Cold and flu season. <laughs> but don't worry. HerbalHealer.com has you and your loved ones covered with our safe and natural products. Cold and flu fighters like beta-glucans, olive leaf antiviral capsules, grapefruit seed extract, HHA four herb capsules, elderberry power, and respirate. And don't forget about oregacillin for the lungs, normally $34.95, on sale now for only $25. Vitamin D3 120-count soft gels, only $9. Whole body and homeopathic detoxes for the lungs, kidneys, liver, lymph, and brain. Normally $26.95, now just $20. Herbalhealer.com also offers correspondence courses to teach you how to handle your health naturally. And as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Visit Herbalhealer.com and click the Winter Specials button to save on our natural cold and flu-fighting products. Herbalhealer.com, healing the world with nature, one person at a time, since 1988. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. This is the Tech Night Out Live. Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer is here. I'm going to draw a contrast between Google Plus and Facebook. So, for example, I put up announcements about the radio shows, the PowerCast and the Tech Night Out Live. And all they consist of is maybe a paragraph blurb with a link to the site explaining what's going to be on the next episode. Simple, right? Now, yeah. if I enter that into my timeline in Google+, it correctly finds the logo for the site and inserts it and puts the regular information from the site as far as the header. 
is concerned. And a link. Clickable link. Cool, right? Now, if I do the same thing with Facebook, it grabs an ad off my site and puts that there instead with no option. There used to be an option, but no option to pick a different picture. Now, in a sense, they're spreading the advertising that I have on my site to other listeners, so maybe I shouldn't complain. But still, I want them to show the logo from the site. And if Google can figure it out, why can't Facebook? Yeah, that might actually just be an issue of how you're labeling your images. I think I think Facebook has some guy logos. We, we had that problem, too, at the Mac Observer for a while. I don't want to derail you from uh, being all, all angry at uh, Facebook over... <laughs> or something but uh, that may actually be a fixable problem well maybe i think we have it labeled correctly i really do but if facebook disagrees with me mark zuckerberg i'm sure knows i'm a member of facebook with thousands of members thousands of people who follow me he is welcome to find where i am i'm sure he knows he can write me a letter and we'll work it out okay mark (laughs) you know you know where i am you're following what I'm doing. You're watching me. You're tracking me. You know, call up somebody in your IT department and figure out where I am. <sighs> All right. There you go. iPod. Okay. So remember when the iPod first came out and started selling music, the songs were covered by digital rights management called Fair Play. But of course, it was fair to the music industry, because this was the condition under which Apple had to agree to allow them to sell that music. It's imposed by the music industry. Now, this trial is an antitrust trial, which is supposedly blaming Apple for not allowing real networks, who's not part of the trial, to use their Harmony workaround which I guess might be equivalent to jailbreaking your iPhone. Yeah, this is a, this is a, a, a stunningly complex um, ongoing situation and ongoing is, is uh, in its most literal form. This has been more than 10 years in the making. The, the antitrust trial that is happening as you and I are recording uh, is an amalgamation of actually, I think hundreds of other suits, certainly dozens of other various suits that has some of you know some of them have been brought together and some of them have been paired some things have been paired off some claims have been paired off um apple has been able to uh, to fight some of it but apple was never able to kill the case entirely and after 10 years of winding its way through the courts um it's finally going to trial and the it is a class action suit although uh, it's kind of funny the attorneys um apparently didn't have uh uh, a uh, uh, an eligible plaintiff, um, in that the plaintiffs that it had were not eligible, and uh, and the judge allowed them to go and, and fish out someone new. Now that's a little bit of a stretch. Just think about this, folks. We have this law firm that's been pursuing a case for like a decade, almost, and they finally get to trial. There are millions of people impacted here who bought iPods and supposedly didn't have the freedom to install another system, another music system on there, or to add material from elsewhere, or to move their tracks to other systems. All these freedoms, antitrust trial. 
and they can't figure out who bought the iPods that are covered during the period of a lawsuit. Out of millions of potential plaintiffs, they find the wrong ones. These people are dumb. Well, okay, to to be, hmm, I don't have any respect for the suit at all. But to be fair to the plaintiff attorneys, uh, some of how we got to where we got with the plaintiffs that we had may have been a little bit outside their control. Plus, Apple. How itself, so? Well, because the current case is this amalgamation of of other cases. So where they started and who they started with may not actually have any bearing on how the courts shaped the case as the as it went from you know motion to motion and and uh, you know filing to filing. Okay, they are taking the remnants. They are taking the remnants. Yes, okay. and Apple Table itself scraps. didn't get these people disqualified until the trial began. So you know it's a uh, and and Apple did so by the way because they researched the iPods. These folks uh, could prove that they bought. And th- those iPods were purchased outside the coverage date of the class action. And again, that's another thing that the uh, plaintiff attorneys may not have had specific and direct control over. And it's like this 2006 to 2009 period. It's like I said, it's super complex. But what Apple is being accused of is illegally trying to establish and maintain a monopoly on the MP3 markets and the digital download music market by artificially tying the iPod to, uh, to iTunes. Uh, never mind, of course, that you could actually rip your own CDs and put music in there. The thing with real networks that was involved here is that real networks reversed engineered part of fair play to allow downloads from real networks uh, online music store to be put to be uh, loaded on an iTunes. In other words, to be loaded into iTunes and to be loaded onto an iPod. It's kind of like a side load, which is what you do when you jailbreak an iPhone. It allows you to download software from other repositories. They're kind of breaking in there and adding this capability to use their harmony system as opposed to iTunes. Right. And, you know, Steve Jobs is always been a lot touchy about people profiting off of uh, his technology and his efforts. And by his, I mean his companies in this case. Uh, but in addition to that, Apple claimed that their licensing agreement with the labels was such that Apple was on the hook uh, if there was any piracy. And under it, under that guise, although I suspect that it was also partially motivated by the um, frustration of Steve Jobs that I mentioned at first, Apple modified Fairplay several times to bypass what it called the hacks that Real Networks was using to uh, to get pat to 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 get past this, and that's what Apple is being sued over. But I still again here I, there, there, I have more problems with this. First of all. There was never any shortage of digital music players, portable digital music players. In other words, iPod competitors. There was never a shortage. There were always lots and lots and lots of those devices out there. There was also never a shortage of online music stores. Do you remember Buy Music? Yes, I do. Yeah, that was going to be the iTunes store killer. And, you know, it was gone, I think, within a, within 18 months. But, I mean, there were always lots of online stores for you to buy music from. 
And so Apple did have a majority market share in music downloads and it had a majority market share in digital digital music players, but it wasn't because there was a barrier to entry to to make a device or sell a uh, launch a store. And so I don't even think Apple ever had monopoly power in those industries, despite having a majority market share. And there's a difference between monopoly power and a monopoly and majority market share. And I understand, too, part of the problem here is if Apple were to change its tune and do anything that violated the contracts with the music companies, the music goes away. We've got Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com the knowledge of the ancients, tried and true, trusted herbs and extracts fused with the latest nutraceutical science. Introducing the all-new Ancient Defense Herbal Immunity Blend, crafted with over 14 key ancient herbs and extracts to supercharge and prepare your body for what experts admit is the most dangerous season of the year. We have rejected hundreds of other formulations in our quest to bring you what is simply the most powerful and comprehensive proprietary formula that we have ever created in the realm of herbal immunity. For the last two years, our team has been working with top doctors, nutritionists, and chemists to develop the ultimate nutraceutical formulation. Experience the benefits of combining over 14 ancient herbs and extracts with exciting new advances in nutraceutical science. Now is the time to secure ancient defense for you and your family. Visit ancientdefense.com or call 888-253-3139. That's ancientdefense.com. Do you have relatives and friends that are convinced there is no need ever to prepare for any kind of emergency? Are these also folks you buy Christmas presents for? At 30dayfoodsupply.com, we can solve both of these problems at the same time. Go to 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 541-229-0010. We can ship your Christmas presents directly to them. Choose from our original $99 30-day food supply, our long-term storage vegan burger mixes, and other oatmeal, soups, porridges, beans, and granolas for everyday use. All products are 
are non-GMO, MSG-free, and vegetarian. Most are gluten, soy, and nut-free. Call 541-229-0010 today. Oregon Trail Foods and 30dayfoodsupply.com keep prices low, cutting out the middleman by buying directly from their producers in Oregon. Remember, only $10 ships your entire order to the lower 48. Visit the website 30dayfoodsupply.com. Call 541-229-0010. 30dayfoodsupply.com. 541-229-0010. What looks good under your Christmas tree and tastes even better? Big Berkey water filters. Yes, the gift of clean water. A gift that provides a great foundation for achieving good health in the lives of your loved ones. A Big Berkey water filter gives them protection from bacteria, heavy metals, chlorine, fluoride, pesticides and herbicides, VOCs and more. And best of all, a Big Berkey water filter is a gift that lasts for many years with no additional investment. And that saves time and money in filter replacements that other water filters require and are even powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. As always, all orders over $50 are shipped free and GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Order online at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com spelled Big B-E-R-K-E-Y WaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY That's 877-99-B-E-R-K-E-Y Gift well this Christmas. Give a big Berkey water filter. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl. Live with Gene Steinberg. The iPod trial, the antitrust trial. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live with Ryan Chaffin of the Mac Observer. So that's one issue here that still needs to be dealt with to people who are following this, and that is that what happens if Apple were to allow officially real harmony on their system? Wouldn't that violate their contracts with the music companies? No, Apple could have... Well, okay, so what Apple claims is that it couldn't give access to fair play to any competitors because doing so opens up the opportunities for um, exposure to, to, to additional... To, to hacking, to other people reverse engineering and that sort of thing. And... Apple itself was not about to allow the was not about to encode the iPod with the ability to uh, handle real networks DRM scheme, right? And nor should Apple be required to do that. And I mean, the real issue here is that, is that these DRM schemes were required by the labels. They were wrong to do so. They only, they only hampered their own uh, growth in the digital markets. You know, Apple was out there fighting for us to have the right at first to play our, uh, our legally purchased music on up to five devices. Um, and eventually, I think that went up to 10 devices. And those were concessions that Apple had to constantly fight for. Apple wanted to launch the iTunes store without any, D, any DRM whatsoever, but the labels wouldn't allow that to happen. But, you know, there's no way Apple is, would want to put itself in the position of being responsible for real networks or anybody else's third-party DRM. 
And Apple was not about to give access to it. It wasn't going to license fair play to any other makers either, not only because it didn't want to, but because, again, it didn't want to be responsible for how that would work. Well, the issue also is here, why should Apple have to give away its intellectual property to a competitor? Sure. And you you kind of uh, referenced this up front, but Apple, this is similar to the way Apple uh, locks iOS apps, apps that you can load onto your to your iPhone or iPad or iPod Touch, to apps that come from the uh, the App Store. Unless of course you're doing a web app, and that's a different class of of application by and large. You know why? Uh, to a certain extent, part of what's on trial here is the very ability for Apple to have a virtually vertically integrated ecosystem. Don't don't get me wrong. I don't I don't know that if Apple loses this this antitrust case that that it would somehow crack open the walled garden, but that is essentially the concept that's that's on trial here. So this is a way of fighting the walled garden, which is why the judge is allowing it to test it in court. I don't know if that's why she's doing it, but uh, yeah, it could be. Well, at least she's trying to be fair, I guess, to both sides. Yeah, she actually seems to, so far, she seems to have been uh, quite fair to both uh, Apple and the plaintiffs. Um, I haven't detected, you know, I certainly haven't detected the sort of bias that I sometimes got from uh, uh, Judge Lucy Coe in the trials with Samsung and some other events with Apple, or Denise Coate, Judge Denise Coate in uh, the uh, uh, iBooks case with the DOJ. Both of those judges, I often felt, had a real problem with uh, Apple in some way. And I haven't gotten that impression from this case, but this this case is also no, we, we don't know a whole lot about the magistrate judge who is uh, overseeing it. So the key is here, if Apple loses, supposedly they could lose, what, $335 million or something, which could be tripled if they consider it an antitrust violation. Now, that's chump change to Apple. But at the end of the day, millions of customers are going to get, what, a coupon? Yeah, you know. 20 bucks, maybe 10 bucks. Depends on the extent of the suit, but we know lawyers who are getting 30 or 40% of the take. Yeah. Yeah. The the lawyers, the plaintiff's lawyers are the ones who will make out like bandits. Uh, That's why they were, of course, very keen to get a new plaintiff. That's why they've been pursuing this case. They'll lose. I'm sure they will. That, 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 that firm will uh, have lost millions if uh, the suit gets squashed or they lose. Well, at this point, they have to have a lot of confidence this is going to happen. What do you think? I mean, you can't predict anything anymore. We see Apple wins against Samsung, but hasn't seen a dime. We see that Apple loses the ebook antitrust lawsuit, but of course, Amazon wins as a result. And you see what Amazon did with the major publishers where they were negotiating contracts with them, and suddenly their books are difficult to order on Amazon. Now, that is a strong arm tactic that really has to be looked at. But part of the problem is here is that in this country, we haven't really done much to enforce antitrust since the eighties for various and sundry political reasons. Well, the Clinton administration did pursue a major antitrust case against Microsoft. Um, It won that case, but when the remedy, (laughs) when the, the judge legitimately displayed bias against Microsoft after being incredibly frustrated with Microsoft's uh, tactics um, during the remedy phase. The remedy was uh, appealed 
and sent back by an appellate court. And the Bush administration took over um, uh, that phase of the trial, and and they largely they largely punted and 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 let Microsoft uh, off with with the, the most toothless toothless remedy on on, uh, on it, of any antitrust conviction in the history of this country well that's a matter of priorities we expected that democratic administration having pursued it would be very strong armed but a more business friendly administration such as bush too absolutely yeah 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 that that's that's essentially what happened and the uh, ftc uh has been a little more um vigorous in in actually um under the obama administration has been a little more vigorous about uh, uh protecting some consumer uh, rights and and pr- protecting consumers against some businesses in the telecommunications field but i don't know that um yeah we i don't know i guess your original point largely stands okay well anyway i don't know i'm kind of half and half about a resolution i kind of think Everybody's hoping there might be a settlement, but this trial is moving pretty quickly. So they yeah, could I be hope that at, Apple wins. You think Apple's going to win, though? I, I, well, Apple thinks it can win. Its attorneys can think it wins. It's funny um, when it looked like the the case. There was a chance that the uh, trial, the case was going to be tossed because of a lack of a plaintiff. Apple's attorney said, "You know, we really didn't want to win it this way. We wanted to to win on the merits uh, because you know they would Apple would like to see this squashed permanently." And he stressed that he does think that he can win. Keep in mind that Apple hasn't settled so far. I'm sure they've had settlement opportunities. Class actions always have settlement opportunities. And Apple has chosen not to settle. Then again, Apple chose not to settle the case with the DOJ when it came to uh, the iBook store. So, um, you know, could be that Apple's overconfident. But I don't know. I, I hope that I hope that Apple knows what it's doing and I hope that it wins. I don't see that apple ever had even monopoly power in either industry based on the sheer number of competitors that were constantly trying to trying to be ipod killers or itunes store killers all right the ipod trial let's see how it works out we'll move on to some other subjects now and there's always a lot there by the way i wanted to talk to you about something because you review products and you review products over at the mac observer and you know i've been reviewing products now for about 20 years mm-hmm. i started with mac world magazine back in the early 90s i'd written my first computer book and then a young lady from mac world writes me from my aol address don't know where she got it from and says would you like to write reviews for mac world And I was living back in New Jersey then, so it had to be more than 20 years, probably 22 years, back about 1992. And so I started writing for them and then, you know, later on moved elsewhere. But, you know, I had a reasonable philosophy about reviewing things, which I'm sure you understand, where I would try to evaluate a product on its merits and wouldn't be controlled or dictated by the company's reviewer's notes, because that's just a marketing spiel. Yes, you want to test what they claim and see if their claims hold up, but you also want to look at the usefulness of the product in general use. And I always try to personalize that. I always try to use the product the way I like. Like, for example, I have this iMac 5K from Apple. So what did I do? I made a backup of my work computer, restored it onto the iMac 5K, and now I'm using the iMac 5K to see how it handles my normal workflow. Okay. We get the picture. Okay. Also, if you're comparing two products you'd like to think 
they're in the same category, which is where my argument starts. We have Brian Schaffen of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Listening to GCN, proudly sponsored by UnseenNow.com. Lock down your digital life at UnseenNow.com. This is GCN. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. We the people grow cotton. We fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carding to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. On Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier, from gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. This is the Tech Night Owl Live. Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer joins me, Gene Steinberg. We're talking about product reviews. So I read a review where someone's comparing. An iPhone 6, which, as you recall, has a 4.7-inch screen. So it's a larger-than-usual iPhone, but still a mainstream iPhone, against the Google Nexus 6, which is a phablet with a 6-inch screen. Do you see a disconnect there? Yeah, who's doing that comparison? This is a publication I won't even name. I don't want to give them publicity, because when you give them publicity, they get hits. So, yes, this is one where if you go to maxsurfers.com and you look it up you'll see what i'm talking about so this person is looking at two smartphones that are fundamentally in different categories and comparing them now it turns out the iphone wins the iphone 6 wins but from the rest of it like for example the nexus 6 has better battery life but how would it compare to the iphone 6 plus and why didn't the reviewer even think of the iPhone 6 Plus if you're going to compare apples to apples. 
Well, uh, all right. I, believe it or not, I have a devil's advocate position. You're fired. No, serious. <laughs> seriously. Okay, we'll allow that this time. Or as the judge says, I'll allow that. My devil's advocate position is, is first of all, you were entirely correct. There is no comparing the iPhone 6 to the Nexus 6, except for the fact that they both have 6s in their names. But the, um, other than that, there's no basis for comparison. However, the Nexus 6 is largely considered the best Android phone on the market right now. And if I, as a user, were genuinely not tied to either platform, I would probably be considering the 6 or, as you say, the 6 Plus, which would be a better comparison. But so comparing them from the standpoint of which platform do you want to buy, here's the two flagship devices for each. That could be an interesting review. I haven't read this review that you're talking about, but um, that could make for a legitimate comparison even though the devices themselves aren't in the same category okay so it's a matter of flagship as opposed to products that basically have similar uses and specs right Uh, i don't know all right i'll go with it for now (laughs) but i mean your your basic put your your basic uh original point is Absolutely. I mean, you know, and any review should any review of those two devices should should immediately start with the disclaimer of, look, these two products aren't in any way the same. The only reason I'm comparing comparing them is because they're the flagship products of both platforms. And you know, if they're going to state that up front, that's legitimate. If they're not, well, it's kind of a silly comparison. All right, all right. No, I, I get your point of view. I think it's tenuous. I can see it, but it's tenuous. And some people might regard the iPhone 6 Plus as the flagship, even though it doesn't sell as many units as the iPhone 6 because it's the big one with all the features. It's got the optical digital stabilization and everything. It's the pinnacle of Apple's technology for iPhones. Yeah, that's true. That's a fair point. Okay, you're wrong again. I'm sorry about that. No, that's all right. No, I see what you're talking about. All right. Also, when you do the comparisons, because specs are so meaningless in this day and age, that you realize that you've got to try to consider performance. I think that the real source of comparison these days in the smartphone market is on experience. And experience is about the ecosystem. Experience is about the way the interface works. Experience is about, um, about workflow, about usability. It's about the, the, the quality of apps that you can purchase. It's about the, even the app purchasing uh, experience, uh, app management experience, that sort of thing. The, as you say, at the high end in particular, specs are just about meaningless at this point because um, uh, I think the devices are largely outpacing the hardware in terms of performance, same as they have on computers for the last several years. Well, if you look at the actual benchmarks, you see that the iPhone and the iPad do better then products that theoretically have much higher specs. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, because because um, Apple controls the hardware and the software. Apple can, frankly, do things that no other hardware maker can do. And uh, you know, as, especially with Apple designing its own uh, processors these days, uh, designing its own motion co- coprocessor. Uh, carefully integrating the, uh, the the graphics chips that they are admittedly still getting from other companies. There's just a lot of things that Apple can do that no one else can do, and this is the strength of the whole widget uh, model, in my opinion. 
Okay. Let's move on. All right. A couple of more things here. Microsoft. Now, you have not tried yet to <laughs> imitate Satya Nadella, have you? I, no. I don't think I can, man. It's, it's uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not uh, what, Hank. Uh, uh, Z- wow, golly. Who's the, who's the Homer Simpson's voice actor? It's so amazing. Hank Azaria. He can get away with doing an Indian accent. I don't, I don't think I can. Now, Hank Azaria plays this role, by the way, on Ray Donovan on Showtime. All right? Mm-hmm. He plays an FBI regional director. At night, he plays in a music band, and you know the guy's doing it. He does this really, really wonderful rendition of one of the Cretan's Clearwater songs. Mm-hmm. And he was really good. And you look, this guy's got to be playing that guitar. You don't have a guy like that play that role unless you get an actor who can sing and is a musician and can do a little bit of everything. And Hank Azaria can do anything. He can, man, that guy's amazing. I, I am a huge admirer of his. Nonetheless, I'm going to leave the, for the time being, I'm going to leave the uh, Indian accent uh, uh, impersonations uh, to him. All right. <laughs> okay, well, maybe you can imitate Hank Azaria, that's all. <laughs> but you can't, because what is his voice? Uh, it's, yeah, it's, that's, that's a good question. I mean, he's not like what Mel Blanc was in the 40s and 50s, but still. Yeah. There you go. All right. Why to move on to Microsoft? Anyway, seriously. Isn't it interesting, Brian Chaffin, how Microsoft has been more open to letting their stuff appear on other platforms? You want a great touch-based version of Office, the iPad version, because there mm-hmm. is no Office version that works. They're currently testing an Android version, which I understand has gotten, has gotten some nice marks. Now they have these new free MSN apps that went up this week mm-hmm. at the App Store, like MSN News. MSN Health and Fitness, which, of course, uses HealthKit. And you think here, it's almost like Microsoft has become best buddies to Apple. Well, Microsoft is, under Satya Nadella, becoming a a lot more platform agnostic. You know, Microsoft has, for the longest time, run Office on the Mac and run a variety of other other, um, um, software products uh, for the Mac. But, you know, Microsoft has never done Linux. Microsoft, as a matter of fact, under Steve Ballmer and to probably to a greater extent, uh, Bill Gates as well, uh, Microsoft viewed um, the open source uh, Linux community movement as enemy number one. And Microsoft has certainly, until now, never supported any kind of Android device. Of course, Nokia, owned by Microsoft, has released an Android phone. You know, that's, that's a new development, too. So, under Satya Nadella, Microsoft appears to be a lot more interested in making money by being on all platforms. And Satya Nadella has made a couple comments to this idea of, um, of, of being uh, a strong player on all, on all these different platforms. And that's probably a better move for Microsoft because... I think Windows was largely a one-trick pony. I think this thing you see here also with Microsoft's new approach is suddenly Microsoft doesn't seem like these nasty 
so-and-sos who are busy trying to extend windows and take control of everybody. They're saying, well, these people are succeeding fine. Let's make some money from those platforms. That's finer. We have Brian Chaffin, who's the one of the fine editors at over at the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Mike Stennerson from Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRA, stocks, bonds, you name it, so decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Alex Jones here. For the last two years, I've been working with top doctors, nutritionists, and chemists to design a nutraceutical formulation that has truly life-changing health benefits. So many other formulations out there contain toxic ingredients, synthetic additives, and even GMOs. Introducing the all-new Ancient Defense Herbal Immunity Blend, crafted with over 14 key ancient herbs and extracts to supercharge and prepare your body for what experts admit is the most dangerous season of the year. We have rejected 
tested hundreds of other formulations in our quest to bring you what is simply the most powerful and comprehensive proprietary formula that we have ever created in the realm of herbal immunity. Experience the benefits of combining over 14 ancient herbs and extracts with exciting new advances in nutraceutical science. Now is the time to secure ancient defense for you and your family. Visit InfoWarsLife.com or call 1-888-253-3139. That's InfoWarsLife.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. On the Tech Night Now Live, looking at Satya Nadella of Microsoft with Brian Chaffin, who will not do an imitation. He says that Hank Azaria should just call up and do his imitation. <laughs> so say we all. So say we all. Okay. That sounds like something from Battlestar Galactica. Indeed. It was, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. So you're a fan of Ronald Moore. I am. All right. Final thing. There's a report this week that Apple is expected to begin production of the Apple Watch or Apple Watch without the the starting in January, which means, I guess, delivery late February, March or something like that. Yeah, one would think one would think that that would be the rough uh, time frame. So you're going to cash in your uber expensive watch for this, right? <laughs> no, I am not. The question is, I, I can't I can't imagine selling my Zenith ever. but. The question is whether or not, how much risk time it actually gets. And, and that's what I'm going to be curious to find out because I will be getting an Apple watch. Um, and, uh, I will, I'll be getting the, uh, the, the Apple watch without sport or edition, just the Apple watch stainless steel one. And it's going to be interesting to see, um, uh, how much I like it compared to a mechanical watch, but I won't be selling my Zenith. I don't know. I think of Zenith as a TV set. Different I think companies. of Zenith as a radio. Yeah, fair enough. Different companies. Zenith is a is an old watch company. Actually, Zenith, the watch manufacturer, used to own Zenith Instruments, but the two uh, split ways decades ago, and Zenith Instruments became a U.S. company, while Zenith uh, Watches remained a, a Swiss watch company. Now, to show you where I'm at, I have a portafone system here mm-hmm. under the RCA label. Mm-hmm. And of course, I grew up, RCA was a TV set, a quality right. TV set, a record player, an audio system. Radios. A radio. A music label, too, a record label, RCA that's record right. label. That's right. More important, that's where Elvis Presley recorded and a lot of famous artists over the years. I and mean, you go back into the 30s, 40s, 50s, mm-hmm. RCA was top dog, his master's voice. Now somebody from who knows where bought the name. They bought the name RCA. Yep. Just like a lot of these other companies, they bought the name and like Quasar was Motorola TVs mm-hmm. and somebody bought the name. But it's not what you consider a Quasar TV. As far as the RCA portaphone, it's got two lines, a two-line deck six phone. It's actually quite good. But it's not the RCA that I grew up with. Sure. 
Back to Apple Watch. Okay. <laughs> now, everybody's making estimates about mm-hmm. how this is going to do. I can't even think of that because I don't know how many people even care about watches anymore. I know you do. And you're the watch expert. The only person I know who knows anything about watches is Brian Chaffin. So tell me, watch expert, what are the prospects of this thing? Well, the watch industry is alive and kicking. The low-end watch industry is alive and kicking, believe it or not. And this is, uh, you know, inexpensive watches. They're certainly popular throughout the world. Uh, I think there's a lot of young people today who don't wear watches and have never worn watches. There's a bunch of hipsters, of course, who wear watches for their ironic effect. At the high end of the market where people are looking for ways to display their their wealth conspicuously, the high-end market has been doing quite well since, oh, about 2002, 2003 is when it started really kicking into to overdrive again. It's a, billion, it's a multi-billion dollar a year industry. Millions of watches are sold throughout the, uh, the ten, tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of watches are sold throughout the, uh, throughout the world on an annual basis. Now, the question is how much of that market can Apple capture? And another question is, can Apple interest young people and putting something on the wrist young people who have never worn a watch can apple uh lure people who currently will spend ten thousand five thousand twenty thousand a hundred thousand dollars on a watch can apple actually get some of those people interested in its gold and rose gold watches those, those are the questions that we don't know those answers my personal guess is that apple is going to reinvigorate the well, okay, the Apple is essentially going to make the wrist-top computer market a legitimate market for the first time. The, all the other watches that have come before, Samsung's ridiculous and pathetic attempts to beat Apple to market um, so that they can pretend to themselves like they're actual innovators, which they are not, that, that all of these devices that have come before, the, the devices from Google and Motorola and uh, 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 other Android makers, that all of those watches have failed and that apple is going to actually le- legitimize this industry and the people are going to buy it and you're also going to have some people buying the high-end device for another kind of uh, conspicuous display of wealth and probably have some young people looking to their wrists for the first time as well i think that the apple watch is going to be a success i believe that apple is going to uh create a market just like it did for a keyboardless smartphone just like it did for uh, media tablets. All right. That's your prediction. I don't know that I want to spend $349 for a watch. I have a Casio. It cost me $35. It needs a battery. I guess I'll go to Walmart because they have batteries there for $5.95 if you can demonstrate that you bought the watch from Walmart. So that's what I'm going to do. Whether or not I get an Apple Watch, look, I'll just call up Apple and ask them to send me one. I mean, they sent me an iMac 5K. They sent me the iPad Air 2. I mean, they've been reasonably responsive in recent months to supply review product. And I'll review the Apple Watch because I grew up wearing watches. And I think I can give it some fair treatment. I might ask some of your suggestions of what to look for, Brian, because you are the watch expert. Well, But I'm not an expert in wrist-top computers because that's a new thing. I'm an expert in mechanical watches, and mechanical watches don't bear a lot of resemblance to, um, don't bear much resemblance except for form factor to what Apple is doing. But yeah, I tell you, one of the things I'm most excited about the Apple Watch for is the the uh, Taptic Engine, which will tap your wrist for for notifications. For instance, if you're getting if you're getting directions. 
That would be fun as an alarm, though. You know, you're sleeping, and the thing taps your wrist when it says "get up." It gives you a little bit of a scared, buzz. Scared the death out of me. It would. I think so. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe the first time, at least. But you know, being able to get uh, silent, completely said, no vibrating phones. Something that you are the only person that know that happens in the middle of a meeting. You can get a. Uh, reminder of a certain time or an incoming email or 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 something to those the, the, along those lines or if you're driving rather than having to look at your um at your your smartphone or your gps you can you can actually get um taps for when you need to uh to x i don't know that there's some exciting things that are going to happen with the apple watch once it actually gets out into the wild once developers can start uh truly playing with it I, i'm very excited about this platform Okay, I'm going to give you some taps right now to say we're about to wrap up. Tell our listeners where they can find more about the things you do. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com. You can find my blog at GeekTales.com, and I just posted my first uh, short story over at GeekTales.com. It's G-E-E-K-T-E-L-L-S. Brian Chaffin, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Ouch! My back is out again! Hi, Dr. Ortman with Wellspring Spinal Care. If you're experiencing neck, mid, or lower back pain, this information is for you. One of the complaints that I hear is patients receive their typical adjustment, only having to repeat them as the pain returns. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the battle. At Wellspring Spinal Care, we have the entire solution. We use the NUCA approach, utilizing three-dimensional x-rays and gentle touch technology to deliver specific correction. We then design Design a custom nutritional supplement program which provides essential nutrients targeting the areas of concern. With a NUCA approach and proper nutrition, you'll be on your way to a faster and more permanent recovery. To get you on the road to wellness, visit drortman.com. That's Dr. O-R-T-M-A-N.com. Or call us today, 952-303-9124. That's 952-303-9124. Wellspring Spinal Care, chiropractic done right. 
What looks good under your Christmas tree and tastes even better? Big Berkey water filters. Yes, the gift of clean water. A gift that provides a great foundation for achieving good health in the lives of your loved ones. A Big Berkey water filter gives them protection from bacteria, heavy metals, chlorine, fluoride, pesticides and herbicides, VOCs and more. And best of all, a Big Berkey water filter is a gift that lasts for many years with no additional investment. And that saves time and money in filter replacements that other water filters require and are even powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. As always, all orders over $50 are shipped free, and GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Order online at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com, spelled Big, B-E-R-K-E-Y, WaterFilters.com, or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-B-E-R-K-E-Y. Gift well this Christmas. Give a Big Berkey water filter. Time waits for no one. That's why you should hurry to not miss the Freeze Dry Guys end of year case lot sale. Go to freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663 to receive 20 to 25% off Mountain House freeze dried foods. Mountain House, the gold standard in long-term storage products, include real freeze dried meats, entrees, eggs, fruits, and vegetables. Yes, 20 to 25% off now. Also receive 30% off other selected Mountain House foods and receive 30% off selected Packaway brand dehydrated foods. Just call 866-404-3663 and ask for the freeze-dry guy. Plus, long-range patrol ration eggs and ham at superb discounts. But these are extremely hard to find and nearly gone, so call today. Ask about our LRP ice cream bars, too. Some items limited to stock on hand. And remember, the freeze-dry guy pays for shipping to your door within the lower 48 states. Order now. Don't miss out on the freeze-dry guy's end-of-year case lot sale. Call 866-404-3663 or visit freezedryguy.com. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have tech writer Rob Griffiths, formerly of Macworld, formerly of OSXHints.com. He currently works with Many Tricks. It's a company that produces software for Macs. He also does some freelance writing for Macworld. Now, Rob, we haven't had you on since Macworld went all digital. Yeah. And as somebody who'd worked there for a number of years, what was your reaction? It wasn't necessarily that they went all digital that surprised me. I I honestly expected that to happen. Quite honestly, I thought it might happen while I still worked there. What surprised me is how they did it in terms of letting go their basically entire experienced staff, save uh, one person, and then uh, doing the rest with newcomers to the team. So they, they let a lot of talented people sort of walk which kind of surprised me. That, that's what I found most surprising. It's funny also that a couple of their new staff members come from MacLife, like Susie Oaks. And she's a pretty nice lady. I mean, she's very knowledgeable, and we have fun talking to her on the show. But that came from MacLife was kind of funny. Right, yeah, and, they, and, and, I, and I want to be clear, I have no complaints about the people I've dealt with since the transition have been great. I mean, they're clearly intelligent, know what they're doing, like the job, like the Mac. Um, so I think it's all good in terms of where they're going. I, th- I think it was... It's a very strange decision to to send that much uh, ability out into the wild, but uh, it sort of strikes me as that they were at a fresh start. So maybe that's what it was. You know, I don't know. I wasn't involved, but I can't remember how many years worth of writing and editing experience they freed up. But uh, it was a lot. <laughs> a lot of it was money. 
I think yeah, they feel if they bring somebody in fresh, they can pay them less than somebody who's worked there for 10 years. Yeah, exactly. Now, OSX Hints, which was a site that you founded originally, that's gone, right? It's uh, in suspended animation, <laughs> would be the best way to describe is this, it. This is the way we set things up when we go to the intergalactic trip. Yeah, they uh, have left it on read-only mode, so you can you can go to the site, you can read all the tips and the comments and, and search the database, but you can't post new tips. There was a whole user forum that's now gone, which is a shame. There was a lot of knowledge in the user forum, so I'm, uh, I'm still hoping those may still somehow show up back online somewhere, because there was a lot of good data there, too. But yeah, it has gone into read-only mode, and it's sort of interesting, because it's the birthday, if you will, of macOS 10 Hints was on uh, November 4th. So on November fourth, I published two things on my blog. I published a happy birthday macOS 10 hints because at that time it was still alive. But I also published a uh, eulogy because it was also basically dead already. It had been, I think, a month since a hint had shown up. Nobody was commenting. You couldn't create a new user account. Uh, existing users couldn't log in. So I basically said, you know, they haven't killed it yet, but it's essentially dead. And I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. I mean, at its day, it was certainly a required bit of uh, making the move to OS 10. But I mean, OS 10 is now 14 years old. So it's been a long time. Of course, a lot of those things are no longer necessary. Now, folks, we do a lot of on-site recordings of guests here and sometimes we interview them <laughs> in coffee shops or on the scene over the years and rob right now is in his home and they're doing some rebuilding yes they're uh, destroying part of our upstairs so you will hear the noise of them destroying things in the background and hopefully what you won't hear is someone saying oops because that would be bad well if we hear them saying oops we will have it censored the show actually <laughs> goes out on a seven second delay because the network is not going to trust 80 different talk show hosts who always catch the bad words. <laughs> so we don't have that much of a problem. When someone does, it gets bleep before you hear it. But then we also have the ad-free version on our special feature called Tech Night Out Plus. Now, on Tech Night Out Plus, you get a higher resolution copy. Therefore, you hear more things happening. And, but, of course, we're not immersing you in surround sound because I have one mic and he has one headset. <laughs> but maybe we can create a show with pseudo surround sound like they do, of course, with a lot of these sound bars and sound bases for home audio equipment. Because they can't have six speakers in a small house or a small living room, you don't want speakers in the rear and the wires and all that stuff. You have faux surround sound. So maybe yeah. we should do this show info surround sound i'm sure there's got to be a third party uh effects kit you can add uh, uh final cut or something get that done <laughs> yeah and i have final cut because apple sent me a final cut pro user license to test with the imac 5k ah. so that way i can get the full experience anyway let's get back to whatever we're talking about now in our previous segment we had brian chaffin of the mac observer and he mentioned some kind of thing going on now called steampunk. Are you aware of that? Uh, the only, only on the periphery to me, uh, I know there are people who build sort of custom machines with a steampunk style. That's the only thing I know about it. Is it that or is it something different? Well, of course, obviously steampunk, as he defined it, consider Jules Verne's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Or the Wild Wild West TV show from the 1960s as examples of what steampunk is all about. All right? Yep. My reaction is the same as yours. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I seem to recall reading, um, you know, for for a while. Maybe it's still popular, and I've just moved past it. But there, there were a lot of there was a lot of interest in sort of building, uh, putting your Mac motherboard inside a custom customized case of some sort. And I seem to recall seeing some steampunk um, Macs that had all this decorative jewelry and eyeball looking things and uh, steel and uh, aluminum. And I mean, they were pretty incredible looking. And my main thought was, geez, I'd hate to have to upgrade that thing, you know, when the new iMac comes out, because it's going to be a pain. Uh, but the, the skill of the artisans making them was pretty impressive. I just, it's not, not a skill set I have at all. Ah, steampunk folks. I think of punk rock. That's what I was thinking of when he said steampunk and shows you I'm in some other planet. Let's go to this planet and let's go to something that people don't like to do. And you have an article from Macworld that came up this week in the storage category. It's called the Paranoid Person's Guide to a Complete Mac Backup. Now, I was thinking here, Paranoid Person's Guide to a Complete Mac Backup. This is one of those tongue twisters. If you say it five times fast, (laughs) you're going to stumble all over yourself here. But you have to realize here that you could lose your stuff in lots of different ways. Oh, yeah. The, the variety of ways in which you can lose your data is incredible. And, uh, you know, Macworld actually wanted to call this like the ultimate guide to backup or something. And I, I talked him out of it because I, I don't want to pretend that my method is the best or the only or is the ultimate. In fact, there are some holes in it, uh, a couple of which I've discovered since writing the article and putting everything together that I'll be trying to fill. So my approach to data is that I always have the feeling that my Mac and my data drives are trying to get me. <laughs> they they are doing their best to destroy anything I put on them, and it's my job to make sure they can't do that. So that's sort of the mindset I take into my backup strategy, uh, which is admittedly over the top by by many people's uh, definition of what would be normal, but it helps me sleep well knowing that you know. I mean, I have, I have pictures of my children, and and unlike you know when when I was a child, we had physical things. So my pictures of me as a child existed in a photo book, and if uh, mom wanted to make sure she kept some of them, she had extra prints made and sent them off to relative's house and that was that but now I, I have thousands of pictures of my kids on my machine and i probably have a dozen printed copies of pictures of my children so for me if i lose my my photo collection i will have no pictures of my children uh, you know during their formative years and, and that that scares the heck out of me well understand this too that to the kid, when they grow up, they don't want to see pictures of themselves as kids. <laughs> and in the days when you had physical photos, you had to depend on the Kodachrome or yep. the Kodacolor. You had to do it the old-fashioned way. Then if you decided you didn't like the picture, you threw it away. <laughs> now there's always a copy somewhere. The copy may not be in your home. It may not be on someone else's iPod or Mac or iPhone or something. It'll be in the cloud. It'll be somewhere. As some celebrities discovered with their private, personal, explicit (laughs) photos, they turn up. There's always a way for someone to take your digital content and repurpose it. So we understand how things have changed. And certainly if you want to eliminate photos of yourself as a kid, which I've done very successfully because I'm old (laughs) as the hills here. There are no pictures of me as a kid. In fact, you even see fake photos of me online, though, which is funny. I'll tell you about that in a moment. Rob Griffiths joins us. We're going to talk about being paranoid and backing up. Not necessarily in that order on the Tech Night Out Live. UnseenNow.com, proud sponsor of GCN. Unseen Now's unparalleled encryption tools keep your communications secure. GCN. 
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database, so you get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. The knowledge of the ancients, tried and true, trusted herbs and extracts fused with the latest nutraceutical science. Introducing the all-new Ancient Defense Herbal Immunity Blend, crafted with over 14 key ancient herbs and extracts to supercharge and prepare your body for what experts admit is the most dangerous season of the year. We have rejected hundreds of other formulations in our quest to bring you what is simply the most powerful and comprehensive proprietary formula that we have ever created in the realm of herbal immunity. For the last two years, our team has been working with top doctors, nutritionists, and chemists to develop the ultimate nutraceutical formulation. Experience the benefits of combining over 14 ancient herbs and extracts with exciting new advances in nutraceutical science. Now is the time to secure ancient defense for you and your family. Visit ancientdefense.com or call 888-253-3139. That's ancientdefense.com. Do you have relatives and friends that are convinced there is no need ever to prepare for any kind of emergency? Are these also folks you buy Christmas presents for? At 30dayfoodsupply.com, we can solve both of these problems at the same time. Go to 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 541-229-0010. We can ship your Christmas presents directly to them. Choose from our original $99 30-day food supply, our long-term storage vegan burger mixes, and other oatmeal, soups, porridges, beans, and granolas for everyday use. All products are are non-GMO, MSG-free, and vegetarian. Most are gluten, soy, and nut-free. Call 541-229-0010 today. Oregon Trail Foods and 30dayfoodsupply.com keep prices low, cutting out the middleman by buying directly from their producers in Oregon. Remember, only $10 ships your entire order to the lower 48. Visit the website 30dayfoodsupply.com. Call 541-229-0010. 30dayfoodsupply.com. 541-229-0010. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercials, 
commercial. Just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us and advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. This is the paranoid Gene Steinberg with the ever paranoid Rob Griffiths. And we know about backups and stuff like that. And we know about the advantages of the old days where the physical copies you can get rid of. But the digital copies, they just exist in perpetuity. Like, for example, there is a photo of me online wearing a suit. That's a big miracle because I don't own a suit. So what they did is they kind of retouched my face to make it more rounded, make me look a little bit older. I'm old as the hills, but this makes me even older. And then what they did is they put a suit on me, okay? Now, maybe they thought I was an authority (laughs) figure, which sometimes we call suits. But that's the story here. Okay, so we understand the paranoia here. So let me ask you here, in crafting this article, are you speaking from personal experience of losing stuff because Uh, of a problem with a drive or something? Yeah, I have lost things over the years. Uh, The the one I remember the most is when our first child was born, um, I lost, I think it was only about two or three weeks worth of photos of her. But, you know, at the time, it's your first child, and she was, I don't know, a month old or something. So there was a lot of photos in there. Um, and I just sort of at that point said, you know, that that really sucks. Um, and I've also, uh, I have lost um, data files through drive corruption. Um, I, I had, you know, not the, I've had whole drives die, but that that's almost easier in a sense, and that, you, you know, you have a full backup of your place that you're done. Um, I've had files that get to the point where they just won't open because the sector, the drive that they're written to has gone bad, and that means that the backup of that file is also not good because it couldn't be read, so then you're sort of out of luck. So that's sort of what this strategy has grown out of, and I don't think I have lost, other than through user stupidity, uh, I have not had a data failure related to failure of hardware in, in many years now. Okay, so what is your backup routine? Speaking uh, as a paranoid. Yeah, so my backup routine actually starts before I even back up, and that's in terms of how I set up my system. So, you know, when you buy a Mac from Apple, uh, it comes typically with at least a hard drive or a, a solid-state drive inside of it. And for a lot of users, that's what they do. You get your Mac, you throw everything on the hard drive, and you're done. Um, I don't work that way. I actually buy my Mac with the smallest internal drive I can put in it, uh, typically like a 256 gig solid-state drive, and I keep very little on it. I keep uh, applications that I use a lot reside there. My users folder resides there because OS 10 seems happiest when the uh, users folder is on the boot drive. You can move it, uh, but my experience trying that was not not the greatest, so I gave up and moved it back. Um, but then anything that I can that doesn't have to be on that drive, I keep on an external drive. So that my internal drive, like right now of my 250 gig, I think I've used uh, 75 gigabytes of it are full, and the rest is available. So I have very little on the internal drive. And, and the reason for that is that a couple of things. One, it makes it very easy, and we'll talk about it in a bit, but 
to, to clone that boot drive doesn't take very long, which means I can get back up and running with the clone if the boot drive ever fails. And two, I can have a more robust storage solution for all those data files that are really critical to me. I, I honestly don't care if I lose all the applications I have installed on my Mac because their applications. I can get them back. I care a lot if I lose a data file that was something I created cannot be recovered if it's not backed up somewhere. So my external drive is is actually a RAID setup. So it's a redundant array of inexpensive disks, which gives me some protection against drive failure. I can actually have a drive or two in the, in the RAID array die and the RAID will keep running. I can swap in a new drive and it starts copying the data to the drive and we're back up and running. So it's not a backup strategy per se, it's a defense against a drive failure. So that's that's what I call my level zero, which is I set up my systems to make it easy to both clone the internal and back up the data on the external and have a, an external that's set up to be somewhat redundant by itself, even right out of the gate. Now, let me tell you how I do it. I use an online backup service called CrashPlan, and there's several, all right? But that's one I happen to use. And what it does is in the background, particularly when I'm not doing things in my Mac, it copies the files, uses up some of that precious bandwidth from my ISP. So we have a full backup online, not a clone backup. I mean, I can't just grab everything off there and build a drive from it, but I can get all my stuff. That's one thing. I then have a clone backup on external FireWire 800 drive. And you might think FireWire 800 is like retro. But of course, my work Mac is several years old. So I have FireWire 800 drive, and it does the clone backup. And I use an application called Carbon Copy Cloner from Mike Bombick, who was on the show just very recently. Really nice guy. He's been doing this for a long time. And, and version four, I have to add, is the best version of that he's ever written. It's awesome. Mike is an amazing programmer. He's really done good work. I mean, it's not the only one out there. There's Super Duper and a few others. But this is a really good program does the work, it's reliable. And then I use Time Machine on yet another backup drive. So I have three backups, okay? Yep. All right, one offsite, two here. The clone backup is easy. So for example, I ran into a situation where I had to rebuild my drive because I did the stupid thing of trying to install one of the early public betas of Yosemite on a late 2009 iMac. And things went awry, but I had a current backup, so I just restored everything from the clone drive. Now, when Apple sent me this iMac 5K to review, I wanted to have an experience very much like if this was my regular work computer forever, not just having to return in a couple of weeks. So what I did is I set it up and used Apple's migration assistant to bring over everything from my backup drive. So this way... I get back to work after a few hours, and it took four hours to pull it over because, yes, the iMac has a Fusion drive, but I'm taking it off a FireWire 800 drive. Four hours to copy all that stuff over. And then I start up, and except for a few odds and ends, I have a duplicate of my full work environment. I get back to work. But that's the same thing if you have a disaster. Say you have a full backup, and you can explain this more. I have a full backup. And I have a nightmare in my hard drive. My internal drive goes bad. The logic board goes bad. I decide I'm going to get a new computer. So this is the advantage of using the migration assistant to restore, but it doesn't depend on a clone backup. You could just use Time Machine. 
Right. And I will tell you that in my lifetime of using a Mac, I have never once used the migration assistant. So I have no experience with it. I don't like it. I think it's a wonderful tool. Don't get me wrong. I personally don't like it and don't use it. And and here's the rationale. And this comes from my Mac OS 10 hint days. When I get a new Mac, to me, that's an opportunity to start fresh because my machine tends to accumulate tons and tons of cruft and hacks and tests and apps I looked at once and kept. And there's a bunch of junk basically accumulates over the years. So when I get a new Mac, I, I you know, four hours to me would be an incredibly fast new Mac setup. Uh, typically, it's a two to three day process because I literally go app by app, folder by folder, uh, even into my data files where I find data files that I don't need anymore. I archive them onto another media and uh, get them off the drive because I, I have if I haven't looked at a file in two years, the odds that I have to look at it again are, are pretty low. But I might, so I keep it, but I don't keep it on the hard drive. So for me, a migration is a, is a very complicated process. And I realize I'm an outlier, but uh, I really like sort of starting fresh and going from scratch. Okay, now that's something I would never do unless it was really an emergency. And I think a big reason is that just to begin to have to recover everything, it would have to be a mixture. First, to find out where are all my apps? Did some of that stuff come from CDs, DVDs, whatever? Some of the stuff came online. Having to find all that, it's a lot easier for me to just set up a brand new system, but bring migration assistant. But the cruft is things like preferences or application support files, things that are remnants of the previous setup. And that's where you run into problems. Right. So I am, of course, living dangerously, slightly (laughs) dangerously, because anything there that's a source of corruption, I'm immediately putting myself in a situation where I'm just bringing back the problem. Yeah, and like I said, I think for 99% of the users, Migration Assistant is wonderful. You get your new machine, you get your old machine, you plug the two together, or you use a time machine backup. You say, yes, bring this stuff over, and you're done, and it's up and running. I just don't do it myself. And you're right, it does take a lot of time. In, in a case where it hasn't been a death of a drive, I, I have the old machine, and I can look at it, I can see what applications I have, and then it's very simple to say, okay, I need to bring, yeah, I'm using that one, that one, that one, those are going to come across, these I'm not using, I'm going to skip those. And then I do sort of for the, the preferences side on, on apps that have sort of complicated preferences, and I probably won't be able to think of one off the top of my head. Uh, Excel sometimes, you can have custom sheets in Excel and, and macros that exist at the top level, and you don't want to lose all that stuff. So I'll bring over some of the things that I know I use and I've customized. On the terminal side, my you know my bash scripts all migrate and my bash profile files, so I get all my same shortcuts and everything in terminal. But for the most part, for me, uh, that's why getting a new machine in my household is both a, a blessing and a curse, because it, it's a lot of days of of kind of back and forth between the two machines. And I keep the old one around because there'll be times it's like, I brought everything over and I'm up and running. I think I'm perfect. It's like, where's that? Oh yeah, I didn't move that file. Got to go get it. Okay. So basically the obsessive compulsive approach can have its downsides. We've got more to talk about because we're giving you the paranoid version of backing up your computer, backing up your Mac with Rob Griffiths. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. CN. Proudly sponsored by UnseenNow.com. Find out how to stop Big Brother and his tracks at UnseenNow.com. This is GCN. Are you hungry for delicious, nutritious, rich, and satisfying home-cooked meals? Discover the Vita Clay 4-in-1 Smart Organic Cooker. 
Unglazed Zisha Clay, an ancient secret that makes this fast multi-cooker so special. Infusing your food with incredible flavors, perfect texture, vitamins, and minerals for your good health. It's a slow cooker, rice cooker, a steamer, plus a yogurt maker. Go to VitaClayChef.com and enter promo code RADIO20 for 20% off at checkout. That's VitaClayChef.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. On Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier, from gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. On the Tech Night Out Live, we have Rob Griffiths, and he works with Many Tricks, which is a software company that produces some really nice utilities. He also writes for Macworld. He was the founder of macOS10hints.com, which is in a state of stasis right now, on its way to a new star system. We hope <laughs> one day it will be awakened. Now, we're being here presenting the Paranoid Person's Guide to a Complete Mac Backup. Now, Let's talk a little bit about different methods. So you're doing everything from scratch. This is the ultimate numeral uno clean install. This is you build your computer from scratch, brand new computer. You don't take anything from a backup unless it requires really sophisticated settings. And that requires a lot of really time-consuming work. Is there any way to boil this down in a way that regular people out there like me can grok this process, understand the process, and maybe try it because that's uh, something that's not uncommon in the windows platform right yeah i don't know if um does migration assistant give you any choice as to what it migrates or is it just like yes i'd like to use it and off it goes no there are various levels okay. of fine-tuning into what you bring over you can decide i want to bring out my support files you okay. can decide i want to exclude apps or something right so you could say just just apps exclude all the support files as far as I could see, yes, I'd have to bring it up. But right. you can also, because I just did it and I just checked everything. You <laughs> can also say, okay, I just want my documents. I'll right. reinstall all my apps myself. Just bring over the documents. Leave the apps alone. And I'll right. do all that stuff myself. And, and that, that would- makes sense if 
you don't have a lot of apps and sophisticated settings, or you have apps with very simple settings that you can duplicate. But you see, you're getting to the ultimate power user's toy here. When you're trying to just bring everything back manually, it's horrendous. I mean, how do you do it on the Windows platform? Because that's common there. When you want to do a complete restore on Windows, you're sometimes forced to reinstall everything, aren't you? I use Windows. Primarily, I have a Windows machine here for playing games. When I have to write about parallels and fusion, sometimes I want to look at a, a, a stock Windows setup and compare the two. But um, typically for me, uh, Windows reinstall is basically there's a new version of the OS coming out. So I format the drive and then reinstall stuff. But I don't, I don't have any... Um, there's really no documents that I've created on a Windows machine that I'm worried about keeping. So for me, yeah, it's basically nuke it, get and start over. Uh, I don't know. I would assume that there are tools to help on the Windows side, but I don't have any experience there. Let's look at the levels of backup, okay? All right. Yeah, so okay. we talked about level zero, which was sort of my original setup. Uh, my level one is something that every Mac user should take advantage of, and, and you do, and that's Time Machine. Time Machine is, when it first came out, it was a little... Crufty. I mean, there were issues with it, but now it's it's a wonderful first line of defense. All you have to have is another hard drive plugged into your Mac. You say, "I want to use that for Time Machine," and off it goes, and it works in the background every hour, backs your stuff up. And and what's really cool for me in terms of my backup strategy, this is the only place I really worry about versioning. That is, Time Machine will keep multiple versions of files. So if I've made changes to an Excel worksheet and all of a sudden I realize that, oh, crud, I did that wrong and I need to go back in time, I'll use Time Machine to uh, pull up a version of the worksheet that is before I made the stupid changes I made and, and then I have them undone. That's because Microsoft doesn't support version, which is a feature of OS X these days, well, where you can go back and grab earlier versions. Yeah, and I actually don't use that either. <laughs> I don't like OS X's versioning. I disable it. And I think this is more my background more than anything else. I'm sure it works fine. I like to be in control of that process. I like to know when I've saved a new version, as opposed to OS X's sort of default, save everything, I'll keep track of the changes, don't worry about it, I'll just keep it up in the background, you'll be fine. Uh, I'm just not comfortable with that. So basically, and, and I think in a lot of the tools I work with, may or, like BBEdit, I'm not sure if it supports versioning, but if it does, I don't use it. So I, I use Time Machine as my versioning, and I manually save and save as when I want and want to create new versions things so uh, once again i think that's a personal oddity more than anything else but i i think it's a control issue I, I like to be in control of the changes i make and when they get saved and that kind of stuff i'm seeing obsessive compulsive behavior here yeah no doubt i i don't it's i have a fundamental difference between and i think a lot of more i don't know, experienced mac users older whatever you want to say when i grew up the computer did what I wanted it to do. It didn't try to guess what I wanted it to do. And and OS X and Windows are both moving into this realm of they're guessing what they want you to do, what what you're trying to do, and they try to help you do it. And most of the time, they're right. Uh, versioning is wonderful for people that don't have a strategy. It happens automatically. You can go back in time. Uh, I just don't like it. And I don't use it. And, and honestly, I don't do enough stuff that requires versioning for it to be a critical item in my workflow. I don't use pages. I rarely use numbers. I use Keynote a fair bit. But again, if I'm making changes, Changes to my presentations. I want to know when I've made the changes and when I've saved them, when I haven't saved them. So uh, it's just a, a personal thing more than anything else. So, so for me, Time Machine is my versioning backup system. And, and the other advantage of Time Machine, of course, is that it works with every application. So you don't have to have an app that supports uh, OS X's versioning because it just keeps multiple copies of files. Now, I understand with Time Machine, it's not something that you can just reboot from your Time Machine drive. It's basically a mass of data and versions and everything 
but you could use Migration Assistant to restore from Time Machine as opposed to restoring from a clone backup like I did or another computer. And that's a good question here. Do you have the experience in restoring from a Time Machine backup? Is it <laughs> as did. fast as a clone backup or what? Well, there's no way it's fa- as fast because for it to work, you have to copy the data off the Time Machine drive to another drive. With a clone backup, you just boot directly from the drive and you're done. So I'm talking about Migration Assistant, oh, using it as yeah. a source. Sorry, I never used it. (laughs) But it seems to me it still has to copy the data from the time machine drive onto whatever drive you're going to boot from. So if I have a drive failure and I have a boot clone, I just boot from the boot clone until I have a chance to to repair the internal drive or replace it or whatever it's going to take. So with a boot clone, you're back up and running in in seconds. Uh, Your machine goes down. It's like, oh, crap, the boot drive died. I plug in my clone, I reboot, and I'm back up and running. So, But for me, the other problem with Time Machine as a source of migration assistant help rebuilding the boot drive is I don't back up the system file and applications. To me, those things, as we get down to my levels, level two is my boot clone. And so that's where my system files and applications reside. I don't need multiple versions of Firefox on, on my time machine backup. They're just taking up space that could be used by multiple versions of my presentations and my spreadsheets. I disable a lot of stuff. Uh, if you go to time machine, there's an options button that then lets you uh, exclude certain items from backup. And if you choose one of the system level files, it'll actually ask you if you want to exclude all system files and folders. And I say yes. And I also exclude things like my virtual machine for Parallels and Fusion. I mean, those things are three, uh, 320 gigabytes worth of virtual machines that I don't need sitting on Time Machine taking up space. Because again, I have them backed up elsewhere. I don't need multiple versions of them. Both those applications have their own snapshotting features. So if I want a snapshot of a virtual machine so I can go back, I'll just do the snapshot there. Their snapshots take up very little room compared to keeping a, a copy of a whole segment of a two gig or more virtual machine on a, on a hard drive. So to me, I try to keep my Time Machine backup small in terms of things that I don't need multiple versions of or don't even need a backup of so that I have more room for versions of files. That's Time Machine. The nice thing about it here is this is the backup tool that you can basically set and forget. Because when Time Machine was first introduced, it was pointed out that a fraction of a percent of Mac users ever back up. And a similar number is probably applicable to the Windows platform. So Apple add this capability where you don't have to think about it. All you have to do is remember to get that second or backup drive, which is what makes it very important. And if you're someone like Rob Griffiths, who probably enjoyed watching the TV series Monk. <laughs> Monk was great. <laughs> okay, with Tony Shalab, he plays all my stuff, though. I, my office is a mess. Mine is as well. But <laughs> Tony Shalab played this obsessive, compulsive San Francisco detective. And everything he did, from touching signposts, was obsessive, compulsive. So anyway, that was a great show, by the way, Monk with Tony Shalab. And I kind of think it came in the wake of the inspiration of Sherlock Holmes, who was kind of an obsessive, compulsive person when it came to be a detective. So we all have shows now that are like that, elementary, using a modern-day Sherlock Holmes, forever using someone who's lived for 200 years, all based on that concept, obsessive, compulsive abilities to be a detective. We have someone who is only slightly obsessive, compulsive, (laughs) by the name of Rob Griffiths, We are thoroughly immersed in what we call the backup religion, which in this case is a paranoid approach to backing up your files. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. 
So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. First case attack of the rockoids and it was a critically acclaimed success and now there is the coming of the protectors a former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the earth this is gripping science fiction of the classic kind attack of the rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s dot com Quantitative easing, unemployment at depression levels, Europe financial system falling apart, China getting out of U.S. treasuries. At the end of 2008, the time of TARP, the national debt was at 11 trillion gold, trading around $850 per ounce. Close to 2012, the national debt exceeded 16.4 trillion, gold doubled to $1,600 per ounce. The 20 trillion threshold for the national debt is inevitable. Politicians in Washington have a ferocious appetite for spending and stimulus. What's worse, a print press to finance. A hundred years ago, we had a gold standard to limit this madness, but now you have to adopt your own gold standard. Don't be fooled with paper promises. Get Midas Resources 10 Reasons to Buy Gold free by calling 800-686-2237. Understanding the gold and silver market may be the only insurance you could have to avoiding the next economic crisis. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order your free copy. Again, that's 800-686-2237. What looks good under your Christmas tree and tastes even better? Big Berkey Water Filters. Yes, the gift of clean water. A gift that provides a great foundation for achieving good health in the lives of your loved ones. A Big Berkey Water Filter gives them protection from bacteria, heavy metals, chlorine, fluoride, pesticides and herbicides, VOCs and more. And best of all, a Big Berkey Water Filter is a gift that lasts for many years with no additional investment. And that saves time and money in filter replacements that other water filters require and are even powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. As always, all orders over $50 are shipped free, and GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Order online at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com, spelled Big, B-E-R-K-E-Y, WaterFilters.com, or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-B-E-R-K-E-Y. Gift well this Christmas. Give a Big Berkey water filter. On Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier, from gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. 
Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So we're talking about Paranoid Level Backup Techniques with Rob Griffiths. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Level two is the boot clone. Yes, and uh, I do it basically exactly like you do. Well, mostly exactly. I use Carbon Copy Cloner. I have it set up. I used to also be like you. I had all these FireWire drives, combination of FireWire 400 and 800, and um, then I got my Retina iMac, and it, of course, has no way to connect a FireWire drive. Well, you can with a Thunderbolt to FireWire connector. That's how I do it. Right. So the problem is I have two external displays on my Mac as well, and they connect to those Thunderbolt ports, but they do not have their own Thunderbolt ports. So they're sort of dead ends, which makes it hard for me to chain much of anything off of them. I looked at all the options. One of my options was to there's a, a product that's supposed to be coming out in September, like three months ago, um, that was a, a Thunderbolt 2 drive dock that had a FireWire port in it and all sorts of, but it never shipped and I'm not sure when it's happening. So in the end, what I wound up doing was basically ripping all of my external FireWire drives apart, taking them out of their enclosures and putting them into E. I put a couple into USB 3 enclosures, but the other thing it is I bought a USB 3 drive dock. Uh, are you familiar with the drive dock concept? I am. Why don't you yeah. tell our listeners, because they don't really care about what I'm familiar with. <laughs> it's uh, basically a drive dock is just a device that you drop a bare hard drive into, an internal hard drive, just without a case or anything. Um, you just drop it into the drive, and then it, it mounts on your desk. It becomes an external cased drive at that point and appears on your desktop. Uh, and the beauty of these things is you only have to have one of them plugged in and then you can cycle a number of disks through there. So instead of having, I mean, my old setup, I had my, let's see what was plugged in. I had my time machine drive plugged in. I had a spare drive plugged in. I would sometimes have the offsite drive plugged in. Uh, and there was a fourth one. I don't remember what that was. Oh, my external hard drive. So I had four external drives with four power supplies sitting there plugged in almost all the time. Now I have my external hard drive and I have this drive dock. I still have my time machine drive. So I have a plugged in a time machine drive, my external RAID array, and then this, this dock handles all the other different uh, things I do. So when I need to make a clone of my hard drive, I take my labeled clone drive, drop it in this dock. Uh, Carbon Copy Cloner sees the mounting of the hard drive launches in the background and starts the clone and there's a little menu bar it shows you its status and when it's done it puts up an os 10 notification and says i'm done and at that point i eject the drive take it out of the drive dock put it back in a little box that i keep it in it's done till the next time i want to clone it you're not the person that tony shalub used in creating (laughs) the character of muck i thought maybe jack nicholson in as good as it gets because that's another example of somebody being obsessive compulsive but i'm listening to this now and think of all the steps that he has to take to get this clone drive with me 
every night at 9.30 p.m. pronto, it makes a clone of my startup drive. Now, understand here that when installing a new computer, you're going to want a more recent backup, so you do a manual backup. I use Carbon Copy Cloner as well. It's nice to have that feature where you simply plug in the drive and it starts running the backup. I don't think I have any more steps than you do. You have to plug in your drive, or right, but it's on all the time, and it's taking up a spot in your power strip, and you got it plugged in. So okay, mine's sitting so, there. So you know, I got three power strips. Right. You think so? You think about power strips? I have three power strips, folks. Oh, I probably have three or four, but I don't. Okay. I don't so like well, who having, cares? This is this is my emergency drive, right? I don't want it plugged in and powered on all the time because if if there's a problem with the drive, the less it's used to me, the better. I don't want it powered up. I mean, there's so many spin cycles and write cycles and read cycles, so I don't want the thing sitting there the whole time powered up. Uh, so I have it sitting. It's literally right to so in my right hand. I pick it up. I open. The box, I drop it in the thing, and from that point on, it's identical to yours. So I do it at least twice a day. I run my paranoid boot clone just by dropping it in. When it's done, carbon copy cloner goes bing. I pull it out and I put it away. So I don't think it's any tougher. But then the advantage is I do the same thing with other levels of my backup, which we'll probably get into. So they all share that same one device, and I don't have to leave those drives connected and powered on and generating heat and potentially shortening their lifespan. So that's why I think I preferred the method that I have gone to. I could have obviously put all these in USB 3 cases and been done with it and had them in and online all the time. But I chose this method so that I could have the drive not connected all the time. This way, I'd rather know that at 9.30 in the evening, unless there's a power outage or something, or maybe I failed to pay the electric bill that month and they just switch you off. They don't send the guy, by the way, where I live to switch you off if you don't pay your bill. It's done by computer directly at the source which is really dangerous, by the way. We don't want to get into that. But seriously speaking, I'm basically joshing with you. Do what you have to do that works best for you. Just for me, I want to know the backup is done, whether I am here or not. As long as my computer is on, as long as the drives are on, that's fine. And I'll put up with the fact that maybe every couple of years or more, I might have to consider buying a new backup drive. But technology changes. So, for example, were I to buy an iMac 5K with Thunderbolt 2, I think, you know, wait a minute, I should get a Thunderbolt 2 Ray Drive and use it for a clone backup. Yes, it costs an arm, a leg, and a foot because Thunderbolt's expensive, but that would be the consideration. Right. Now, let me ask you just a quick question. Maybe this is something you'd answer or not. With regard to solid-state drives, now we have solid-state drives internally on new Macs. We have a Fusion drive on this iMac 5K, which is a small solid-state drive and a regular hard drive, and they kind of work together to optimize performance. Okay. Solid-state drives, do they last a lot longer than our regular hard drive? In, in theory, they certainly should. I don't, I don't know that I've ever put one to enough use to get to the point, but uh, there are no moving parts. You know, in a hard drive, the, there's a lot of stuff. You've got a platter spinning at either 5,400 or 7,200 RPM. Think about that, 7,000 RPMs a minute. I mean, every minute that that thing is on. And then there's a little drive head that on an arm on multiple platters. So you have multiple levels of this disk, and the arm's going back and forth. So you have a lot of mechanical activity in a physical hard drive, and and I think that's why they can fail. I don't know the, the technical answer, uh, the meantime between failures. It would surprise me if it's not longer for SSDs. SSDs have a different problem related to how many times you can write uh, the same bit because of some, and I can't remember the name for it, basically a, a bit on the SSD loses it. You have to write it 
you have to essentially send more power to it to get it to take whatever piece of the zero or the one that you're trying to send it as the drive ages. And But they've gotten a lot better over the years, too, so that's not a problem. I think somebody just actually ran a test where they ran SSDs reading and writing to them for, I don't know, months at a time um, and didn't have a single failure. So to me... That, that's part of the reason also why I'm so paranoid about the backups. I don't necessarily need to care about how reliable the core technology is. As long as I know that my backups are good and are made relatively regularly, uh, I'm not going to lose anything even if I have a technical issue with either the SSD or the hard drive. But yeah, logically, it seems an SSD should have a much longer lifespan. It should put out lower heat, and it should be a lot easier on, on all the things involved in the ecosystem because there's no moving parts. I think we're a year or two from making large solid-state drives affordable. Just very recently, MaxSales or Other World Computing, their other division, came out with a two-terabyte solid-state drive that's shipping soon. Two terabytes. Now, the price is downright unaffordable unless, of course, you have a Mac Pro and you're willing to spend a lot of money for storage. But there's going to be a time, two, three years hence, where your solid-state drive doesn't cost much more than a fixed hard drive used to cost And that's where the steampunk drive technology, being mechanical, will disappear, will vanish. We got more to come with Rob Griffiths. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Did you know every woman will layer on 14 pounds of toxins in use of cosmetics alone? Unfortunately, top brands women rely on to look their best may be hiding harsh chemicals that have been linked to cancer, organ failure, and birth defects. 
Longevity Minerals, an all-natural beauty line that heals your skin from the inside out. Try it today at www.morethanhighheels.com. That's www.morethanhighheels.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Time waits for no one. That's why you should hurry to not miss the Freeze Dry Guy's end of year case lot sale. Go to freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663 to receive 20 to 25% off Mountain House freeze-dried foods. Mountain House, the gold standard in long-term storage products, include real freeze-dried meats, entrees, eggs, fruits, and vegetables. Yes, 20 to 25% off now. Also receive 30% off other selected Mountain House foods. And receive 30% off selected Packaway brand dehydrated foods. Just call 866-404-3663 and ask for the freeze-dry guy. Plus, long-range patrol ration eggs and ham at superb discounts. But these are extremely hard to find and nearly gone, so call today. Ask about our LRP ice cream bars, too. Some items limited to stock on hand. And remember, the freeze-dry guy pays for shipping to your door within the lower 48 states. Order now. Don't miss out on the freeze-dry guy's end-of-year case lot sale. Call 866-404-3663 or visit freezedryguy.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. You see, Rob Griffiths, how I equate a mechanical hard drive with this Rube Goldberg structure of writing data and managing physical movement of all the mechanical parts with kind of a steampunk, except you need gears. <laughs> steampunk requires gears. You see, I know what steampunk is, thanks to Brian Chaffin. All right, so we have the clone backup, which can be left on full-time, part-time, whatever. The point being, it is a mirror image of your regular startup drive. That means you go to it. And it will have your operating system, all your stuff, all your documents as of the time that you did your last backup. Yeah, and it's and it's bootable. That's the key part is basically if right. the boot drive fails, you just say boot off that and you go back to work and then you deal with the problem after you've taken care of any crisis you might have been working on at the time the drive failed. Okay, so we have been approaching this pinnacle of paranoia here. So we have different levels of backups that we've given you. And now we go to level three. Now, level three is not that company that does telecommunications. (laughs) There's a company that does telecommunications between, it's what they call a peer provider, okay? And it means they talk to your ISP and they, forget it. I ran into (laughs) a thing here with getting performance from one of my sites. And it was all about peering. But right now, let's peer into a paranoid backup. And I want you to be as detailed as possible. We have two segments left, and we'll get into off-site backups very briefly. But let's talk about the paranoid backup from Mr. Paranoia himself, Rob Griffiths. You can take a bow, sir. Thank you. So 
Yeah, we've talked about the the uh, level zero, which is I set it up. Level one is time machine. Level two is the boot clone. Level three is the one I actually call my paranoid backup. And uh, again, I use the removable drive dock. It's a different disk that sits right next to the other one, and it's an it's just a full backup of all my key files. That's you know sort of replicates what's on time machine but it's in another spot so i don't update this one necessarily every day when i sort of feeling like i've done a lot of work and i'm getting paranoid i'll i'll uh, drop it into the drive dock and let it run um now like for instance this one where my time machine doesn't back up my vmware fusion files or my ripped dvds or blu-rays this backup has all those things on it so this is sort of the first backup i have that has my my media if you will my ripped media uh, on it so that i don't have to Technically, I should never have to back those up because I could just re-rip them, but there's a lot of hours involved in ripping, and I'd rather not do that again. So uh, this is the backup where I keep copies of all of those things. The paranoid backup. Yeah, it's just another copy of stuff that I will hopefully never have to use, but I feel comfortable having. And it's like I said, it's it, it sits right next to me where the uh, the boot clone drive also sits, and I just drop it in the drive dock when I want to make a copy. And again, Carbon Copy Cloner boots up and then starts the backup. And there's a feature in Carbon Copy Cloner 4 that I really like, which is that um, you're able to tell it what you want it to do after a backup task runs. So because I have, uh, as most, I guess, users do, I have multiple hard drives to do a full backup without actually just backing up everything. I have to specify which files on which drive I want to back up. So in Carbon Copy Cloner 4, you can say, okay, after this first backup runs, go ahead and run this backup task. So after it's backed up my rip movies, which reside on one volume, then it goes to my boot folder and it gets my users folder and it backs that up and it goes somewhere else and gets another folder. And that all happens automatically as soon as I drop the drive in the drive bay. So that ability to chain tasks together makes it really easy to get uh, Carbon Copy Cloner 4 to do what I want it to do. An advertisement for Carbon <laughs> Copy Cloner from Bombic. All right, let's go into number four, the offsite backup. And by the way, he's got actually... A level five, a level six, and other Macs. We're not going to cover everything <laughs> unless we move really quickly here. Offsite. Yeah, offsite's very simple. It's it's essentially matches that the setup for it is the same as that paranoid backup we just talked about, but it's a drive that my wife keeps at work. So she brings it home once a week. I drop it in the same drive dock. It does all that's duplicating of files. I give it back to her to take the next morning. And it was actually, this was the level where I realized that I do have an exposure because that night that that disk is home, essentially all but my really key files, which are done at level six, um, are on site. So if the house were to explode that evening, I would sort of lose everything. But I might not be here either, so it might be irrelevant. Um, but if we were to have a flood or something, so I, I believe what I'm going to do is take, I, you know, obviously I have some old drives lying in a drawer over there somewhere. I will put a second drive into this rotation so that there's always one drive at her office and one drive at home. Um, so that way, if we do have something, there will be a backup at the office. But basically, it's just another full backup of all our key files that I have her take to the office so it's not sitting at home. It, if I were a typical office worker, this would actually be simpler because I could simply take the drive to work, but work for me is here. So she takes the drive to work. Now, I understand with an offsite backup, it takes an awful long time to do the initial setup, but I understand it that the algorithms on these offsite backups prioritize current files. So you're more apt to get the current file, even if the older files are not quite copied yet. Is that correct? Well, so let me be clear. My offsite backup is a physical disk. 
So it, it's just, it's another carbon copy coner task that I run and it duplicates onto the drive. I give the drive drive to my wife and she takes it offsite to her office. It's not an online service. It's, uh, it's just a standard carbon copy cloner for backup. So in my case, it's not versioned or anything. It's just, you know, it's a snapshot of my system at the time as of which we ran that backup. Level five is the double paranoid <laughs> backup. And that is Jack Nicholson in As Good As It Gets meets Tony Shalub from Monk, (laughs) Adrian Monk. They sit together and devise the ultimate paranoid backup routine. Rob? This one you should like because it is fully automatic. We have a time capsule that we use for wireless access, and there's um, that's where all my uh, our laptops do their time machine backups to the time capsule. But, I understand, folks, a time capsule, if you haven't heard of this, is basically an Apple airport with a built-in backup drive. Right. So our, our two laptops uh, have time machine go to the time capsule, but I used, I again, used Carbon Copy Cloner 4 to um, set a task to copy my really critical, like our work files, things I really just cannot afford to lose. Uh, a few times a day, it copies those over to the time capsule so that there is, again, yet another copy of them sitting somewhere. Um, and actually, our time capsule is not quite located in the same spot that the computer is, so it's slightly farther away. But again, it's just, it's, there are some files that my work files are financial files. If I were to lose those, it would be just incredibly painful. So I have them backed up in many places. And this one is fully automatic. It just happens. And usually I don't even notice unless I happen to look up when the OS 10 notification is on the screen. Okay. Level six. This is closer <laughs> to what I do, which is an offsite backup to a cloud system. Yep. Okay, and the one you're showing is the one I use, which is <laughs> well, Crash Plan from a company called Code 42. It's an interesting story there. That's not my screenshot. <laughs> so, okay, uh, this is something that Macworld put in. Yes, there. I so didn't obviously then, Crash obviously <laughs> then, Code 42, the company that owns <laughs> Crash Plan, bought some ads. I don't know. I have yeah, no I idea know. about the logic. Go ahead. Yeah, I was sort of surprised. I was reading the article like, where did, I don't remember. I didn't, I don't even have that. Um, so yes, yeah, you know, and, and for a lot of people, um, like you described time machine plus a cloud backup can really do everything for me. I have a couple of concerns about t- uh, cloud backups and why I don't use them. The first is I have a lot of data. I have over three terabytes of data and I do not want to wait for that initial upload, nor do I want to pay for somebody to store three terabytes of my data that I'm probably never going to have to get back. Um, So I also don't want to rely on a company to host my files and have that company go belly up uh, and then my, my last issue with, with cloud is despite the speed of my connection, assume that I had managed to back up three terabytes of data. I had a major catastrophe and I need it all back. It's going to take forever to download it, even on a fast connection, or I have to pay them to mail me a hard drive or I have to mail a hard drive to them and then wait, and get it back. So there's a time element there that I wasn't willing to worry about. So, so for me, and I'm weird, I don't rely on cloud backups. I use them, but I use them only for key files. So our financial files, I actually, I encrypt those locally first, and then I back them up automatically again, Carbon Copy Cloner 4, um, several times a day to a a cloud service, not crash plan. and then I do the same thing with some key work files. They get encrypted and they get backed up. So, yes, I'm very paranoid about third-party companies having my data. I don't think that's a bad thing. See Sony, see celebrities with pictures on iCloud. Well, then you have to start worrying about it. But we have to worry about this first. We have right. Rob Griffiths joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. 
UnseenNow.com. Proud sponsor of GCN. Unseen Now's unparalleled encryption tools keep your communications secure. GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. The knowledge of the ancients, tried and true, trusted herbs and extracts fused with the latest nutraceutical science. Introducing the all-new Ancient Defense Herbal Immunity Blend, crafted with over 14 key ancient herbs and extracts to supercharge and prepare your body for what experts admit is the most dangerous season of the year. We have rejected hundreds of other formulations in our quest to bring you what is simply the most powerful and comprehensive proprietary formula that we have ever created in the realm of herbal immunity. For the last two years, our team has been working with top doctors, nutritionists, and chemists to develop the ultimate nutraceutical formulation. Experience the benefits of combining over 14 ancient herbs and extracts with exciting new advances in nutraceutical science. Now is the time to secure ancient defense for you and your family. Visit ancientdefense.com or call 888-253-3139. That's ancientdefense.com. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years in serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two Black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 
1,500-foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So here we're talking about offsite backups. And this is cloud-based backups. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. And here's the other Achilles heel of this service. It's called bandwidth cap. Because most of your ISPs are going to set bandwidth caps. Well, the one I'm using now, CenturyLink, is 250 gigabytes. Now, the advantage is, though, they don't charge you extra for uploading, only for downloading. So I can probably feed a few hundred gigabytes upload. They won't bother me. They're thinking of video streaming. So if I watch too much Netflix, they'll get after me. Other services like Cox go to 400 gigabytes. But if you have three terabytes of files sitting there, you can't stick them all on your carbonite or your right. <laughs> crash plan because your ISP is going to freak out. Yeah, now, I wonder in passing, when we have the gigabit internet spreading over the country, and it's in Phoenix, by the way, already. I'm near gigabit <laughs> internet. I don't know what it's going to cost me. Cox has it. Cox Communications. If I were to get that service, what kind of bandwidth would they give me? I'm going to have to talk to their PR and say, okay, you're giving me this instant access to everything. Uploads, downloads. It's like having a switch online, a gigabit switch for all my data online. Perfect. How much data can I push? Yeah, I have a buddy in Canada that ran into exactly that. He didn't have gigabit, but I think he had the opportunity to buy a 512 package. But it had like a three, it had the same cap as his 100 megabit did. It's like, so you can just use all your data faster. That's not, it's not really helping. <laughs> Instead of spending a whole month to use that data, you can spend yeah. a week. So stupid. Like, why would you upgrade? Uh, I don't get that. I mean, I, I see why the company wants you to do it. Because, of course, if you have more speed, you're probably going to consume more. So you're going to go over your cap. And then they'll charge you their outrageous usury fees for sending more uh, ephemeral data down an existing pipe that doesn't have any physical cost associated with it. Well, sorry, it does. You could you could cram the pipes and I understand. Anyway, so yeah, I thought it was very humorous that he could get a plan that was five times faster with the exact same data cap. Well, the fastest plan right now with Cox, if you don't have the gigabit, it's 150 megabit. Okay, that's what they give you. Anyway, I'm going to ask Cox, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, because they are the neighborhood cable company and internet company, how much data they allow in their gigabit plans. And I bet they're going to freak out when I ask them that question. (laughs) So anyway, we understand here you really want to be careful about what you send to Carbonite and Crash Plan. And probably the best thing is the key files, data files you have to work on, your financial files, keep it to the point where you send up only the stuff you really need and you can't easily replace locally. Okay? That's the key. Now, the other one is a fairly simple backup technique that CrashPlan uses, by the way, which is another Mac or another computer. So the next one 
this is not level six, this is level ephemeral, <laughs> I guess, because there's no level number to other Macs. Explain. Right, we have a couple other Macs in the house, but the advantage of sort of our setup is that one of them is my work laptop and one is sort of the general house laptop. And then we have a, an aging iMac that the kids play games on, but there are no sort of critical files there. Every Everything that's sort of critical to us lives on my iMac or the drive connected to the iMac. So that's the one I spend all the time making sure all the data files are correctly backed up and everything. Those other machines are backed up via time machine to our time capsule, but that's sufficient. So if something bad happens to the machine and the time capsule and they're both destroyed, we would lose everything. But in essence, that means my daughter would be upset because she lost all her progress in, I don't know, clouds hopping on kangaroos or whatever game she's playing that particular week. So I worry about them, but I don't worry about them to the extent that I worry about this machine, which has my work and personal financial images, music, movies, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Now, when it comes to my MacBook Pro, I don't use it near as much as I used to. I mean, years ago, what I would do is I'd bring the thing into my bed at night and keep up with email and stick it up maybe on a chest or something and let it sit there. Now I use my iPhone for most of the stuff at night for simple email. My wife uses an iPad so I can access that. But when it comes to backups, because I don't use my MacBook Pro as much as I used to, I'll just grab the files off Wi-Fi and bring them onto my regular iMac. So that's my simple way of doing it, very manual. There's no real need to do like a crash plan backup, although it's configured for that. But that shows the changing of my work habits. But when you're doing work on an iPad or an iPhone, now, of course, we have continuity and handoff in a West 10 Yosemite where you could transfer your workflow from one to the other. But if you have an older Mac that doesn't support handoff, what do you do? Uh, you save to iCloud or Dropbox and do it manually, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm a really bad example because uh, I am very much a keyboard and screen person for doing real, quote-unquote, real work. Um, I, I love my iPads, and I, I they're, they're decent for email, but I, I can no more imagine trying to create a complicated spreadsheet on my iPad than I can, I don't know, using a Windows machine full-time. Um, it just, it, it's not enough screen for me, and I, I like a keyboard when I'm doing something like a big spreadsheet. Of course, you can add a keyboard to an iPad. Right. At that point, you might as well just walk around with the MacBook Air and be done with it, right? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of clumsy. It's like the clumsy nature, say, of the Surface Pro 3 from Microsoft. And they're trying to push that as a competitor to the MacBook Air. And so I look at it and I see the keyboard, but that's an attachable keyboard. You unattach it, you're just left with a tablet. Right. And they're pitching that as the positive, right? So you can leave the keyboard behind when you don't need it and um, take just the tablet itself for those times but i'm not i have not tried uh, a three i tried the first one and it was it was very disappointing the three looks like a much better machine so i really should go uh, give it a look-see but for me it's it's a um, it's a distinction between sort of low-key work and high-key work uh, like i said i i do a lot of my job is is email so i can do that just fine on the ipad it's it's fine for that but uh once it goes beyond that i, I like to move over to the mac and, and honestly a lot of my stuff i can't do on an ipad i do a lot of work in filemaker our accounting system runs obviously only on the Mac. So I, I will be connected to my Mac. And, that, and heck, that's what all our apps run on. So I'm Mac-centric with the iPad as an add-on. And uh, But you know, when I compare the sort of the size of my full-size iPad, it's not an Air. It's a 
prior generation to my I have an 11 inch air that I can carry around when I want just the littlest tiniest thing possible and then a rather uh, real laptops a 13 inch which is also still not all that much larger than the iPad it, it's heavier but um, you know to me I can carry if I can carry the the iPad the i excuse me if i can carry the macbook around um it's it's almost as easy as carrying the ipad around but it has a heck of a lot more power for what i need to do what would you think of this so-called rumored ipad pro like 12 or 13 <laughs> inches does that make even any sense i don't know i i don't i don't get it i i just i, I guess if you want to watch movies or something it'd be great to have the larger screen um but it's still it's an iPad, right? So you got a bigger screen, so you can apparently probably do better things with the screen real estate, depending on what the resolution winds up being and how Apple puts it to use. Um, but I don't know; it just strikes me as odd. I guess it's an odd duck. It makes you want to quack. <laughs> Isn't that funny? No, it's not funny. There's nothing funny about what I just said. In fact, I think most of our listeners are bored over what I just said. But <laughs> let's be serious about it here. Rob Griffiths, would you tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff that you do? Our company website is manytricks.com. We make a bunch of interesting utilities for, for the Mac. And uh, we're also, most of them are available on the App Store. And uh, my writing can be seen when Macworld decides they want me to write about something on macworld.com. All right. You can find us, by the way, on Twitter. We're known as Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. Go to technightowl.com to check our web portal with all the stuff that we do in my daily blogs. And now we've got that other feature called Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus, P-L-U-S, plus dot technightowl.com. Check out all the information. We explain how you could sign up. You sign up with our forums, and then you upgrade your membership to Tech Night Out Plus. And for a modest monthly fee or a modest annual fee, you'll get, number one, an ad-free version with a higher resolution audio of the Tech Night Out Live. And there'll be more features added. We have a chat room open there, and we're going to put some more stuff, maybe some custom interviews and things. So it's going to be rather fascinating. We also have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called the Powercast. And this weekend, we're featuring George Henson, who's going to be looking into the trickster and the paranormal. How about that? Powercast.com. Not obsessive-compulsive tricksters, just regular kind. Rob Griffiths, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Always a pleasure, Gene. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.